around this time of year here at Navy Pier, where our WBEZ studio is located, you'll see a long line of people standing next to Lake Michigan holding fishing rods, trying to catch perch or trout. They're bundled up against the wind and the cold, and they're out there for literally hours. Our producer, Max Lubers, talked with a few of them and met a young man who got into a hobby during the pandemic, a family and a 73-year-old with a long history of fishing from the pier. This is the coldest I've fished this year. This is the first time I, my guides are actually freezing up, but I've been out here when it's been 20, and this is ice. you got to break the ice to fish. My dad used to bring me out here when I was young. We used to fish on the south side of the pier. So it's a lake trout. It's 34 inches long. It's probably definitely over 10 pounds. We haven't weighed it yet though. That's the prize of the day, I think for sure. My nine-year-old son reeled it in and it was like his second cast. We just got out here, his first time fishing here and he just smashed it. I guess the cold doesn't really bother me. I don't know, I've grown up in it. And plus it's like hauntingly beautiful when it's just like cold and quiet in the early mornings letting the process happen and not trying to force any outcomes than what nature provides. Now, a lot of the folks casting a line from the pier get here by dawn and withstand some cold weather on top of it. So that got us curious here at Reset. What hobbies are people doing this winter other than fishing Lake Michigan? We've got freelance journalist and cultural producer Allison Cuddy here to talk about her hobby swimming this season and what it can teach us about getting out of our comfort zones. Hey, Allison. Hey, Sasha. Great to be with you. And for those who aren't in the mood to get outside, <clears throat> like myself, <laughs> we've also got some tips for you to cozy up and unwind. That's something that Jenny LaFleur knows a lot about. She's the founder of the parenting blog, Mama Fresh, and she's back in studio. Welcome, Jenny. Hey, Sasha Ann. So happy to be here. So I'm curious... Ladies, what's your winter vibe like? I mean, are you out there, rain, shine, snow, or are you just trying to fight the urge to stay indoors until May? You first, Allison. I would, um, not to um, rely on a bad pun, but I would say my winter vibe is chill. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I just love puns here. Yeah, go with the flow, you know. Um, There are some gnarly days out there, but part of the getting outdoors and enjoying what's happening is to just kind of embrace winter for what it is. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jenny? What's, it, what's the vibe? It's giving cozy. So <laughs> I am inside. Just when that gentleman was talking about, like, it's so hauntingly beautiful, how cold it, I was like breaking the ice just yes. to get fish. Yeah. yeah, I am inside with a nice weighted blanket and a good cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm investing in a weighted blanket for the first time. Do it. This year, but I am I'm also part of the the cozy vibe. I'm trying to do better though, Allison, and I'm trying to get out. Um, I've been saying every year it's it's year three now. Winter winter three in Chicago. I've been saying I want to get out there and ice skate. Ooh, that's on my list. It just hasn't too. happened yet. Oh, I've I mean, been is ice there, skating already this year. Where do year? I go, Maggie Daly? So I went to Gallagher Way, which is crazy because I can say that I did ice skating on Wrigley Field. Mm. Which is because they transformed it. It's still open a few days. So I, my seven-year-old begged me to try something new. It was a situation where you kind of have to practice what you preach. You're always mm. telling them to do something right. different and new. So I, at my big age, got on ice skates for the first time. Oh, I love that. And, and did you fall? Not once. 
Very Incredible. Good. Thank That's you. That's better than me, and I've been skating since I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> but, Allison, we talked to you last when you had just gotten into lake swimming mm-hmm. in the winter. In the winter. Are you still doing that? I am still doing it, swimming all year long. You know, wow. I, I love swimming. I love lake swimming. Um, what does it do for you? Is, is there a rush? There's definitely a rush, and the cozy after the swim feels so fantastic. Oh, that imagine. hot cup of tea, I get back into bed and sip on it, you know. So, I mean, the, the cozy's there, um, and I definitely have a lot of gear. But it's it's something about being, I love Lake Michigan, and even though most of us sort of turn our backs on it when the cold weather, weather sweats in, yeah. sets in, um, it's still there, and it's still like that hauntingly beautiful expression from the fishermen. It's so amazing in the winter. There's so much going on, and it's a whole different world. So it's yeah. just um, compelling. See, I'm, I'm going straight to the cozy. <laughs> so I, what makes you want to jump into freezing cold water as a uh, hobby? As a hobby. I mean, I think it's it's a practice almost. So I don't get out there every day, and there are conditions where no way am I going in that water. Okay, but good. But it's it's thrilling. I mean, it, it's a unique and delightful experience once you get used to it. And, you know, having the lake is always a little bit cold. And so if you just keep swimming, you know, as the thermometer goes down, your body starts to get used to it. It's amazing how quickly you acclimate. And so then it becomes I wouldn't say it's like I'm lolling in the cold water. No way. But I'm enjoying it and I'm still swimming. You know, got my goggles on and I'm out there doing the backstroke and and just enjoying nature. Uh, Jenny's eyes are about to pop out of her (laughs) head. Is this something you would try, ma'am? No, but I I thought to myself, Allison is the type of friend I want. She said, you don't turn your back just because it's not beautiful. You have to, I said, that's because I'm like, all right, Lake Michigan, peace. (laughs) See you in the spring. I drive past you every day. I'll see you back when our walks and our family trots (laughs) down at the point. But uh, I love what she was saying. It reminded you just of life, but this this is, it sounds, we live down um, on the south side. So on the point, you see people all the time. Jump That's on. where I swim. Yeah. So we're neighbors, so we can go together. I'm shocked again, Jenny. <laughs> shocked again. Those, those <laughs> eyes are going to come all the way out. <laughs> well, you've gotten into some new hobbies, as, as we talked about, Jenny, uh, this winter. Some more indoor ones, not just the skating. Not just the skating. So first, I'm one of those people that are participating in Dry January. So my husband and I are doing Dry January. Congratulations. Started, thank you. We started with our church and we're like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to, they do it, doing it for 17 days. We're doing it for the whole month. Well, I think I just looped my husband in saying the whole month at this moment. <laughs> but so after the kids go down, instead of having like that glass of wine or a glass of bourbon to unwind, we've been doing jigsaw puzzles. And if anyone knows my husband, he's like a former. He played football in high school and college. He does everything aggressively. So we haven't just been like casual. We like unroll it and like get busy. So that's like music in the background. And we've been doing jigsaw puzzles. We're still novices, but it's a lot of fun. Jigsaw puzzles are fun. They're a lot of fun. I mean, games. I'm just a gamer in that sense. Not not, not the gamer like my kids gamer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a, you know, good old game of Scrabble. Board games. I, I went... We're Wild a game on Christmas. That's us. We're a game night house. Yeah. We have games in the closet. They're stacked high. Wednesday night is game night at our house. So we're that type of family. Yeah. But the puzzles have been something really new. And when you open a fresh one and all of those pieces come out, you're like, this is never going to happen. Right. And slowly it comes together. It's just like swimming in the lake. It's that same compulsion. Yes, I think I think so. And Allison's like, going to tie everything we say to swimming in the lake. Watch. She's going to be like, can I get your number after this? I just want to talk to you really right. quick. Right. Well, we're going to discuss later on in the in the program 
how to do group hobbies with other people. So I'm curious your take. I mean, how do you approach doing hobbies by yourself without it feeling lonely? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, so one of the other hobbies I have, which is very indoors, very cozy, is collage. And I've been doing that for a long time. Yes. But I started putting some things on social media and realized, like, there's a Chicago collage group. There's one in Paris. They have, like, challenges. And I'm no more a competitive collager than I am a competitive swimmer. But yeah. It's nice that there's a community out there and you can kind of engage with them literally face to face. They have meetups or virtually. So it makes it feel like, you know, these um, solo activities do give rise to community. Jenny, as you've mentioned, you do a lot of family focused activities, right? We've had you on the show plenty of times to Mm -hmm. give us some tips, especially things to do with the kiddos. How do you carve space for yourself, though, or get you time away from hubby? away from the boys. It's so interesting because I'm a creative and a parent. So it's a very, I think that we're seeing a return of hobbies because people want to do something that they don't trade for commerce. So something that they don't sell that doesn't have that pressure. And as a creative, that's something I'm really seeking, something that I can really do just for me and that I can return to and have time. I I often speak I preach self-care to parents all the time. And sometimes we can talk about the commercialization of self-care. We can mm-hmm. talk about manicures, pedicures, spas, but also these type of hobbies and having something for you. To me, is the ultimate form of self-care because it's really more like soul care. You're really taking care mm. of who you are as a person. Yeah, I like that. You're nodding, Allison. Do you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a way of disconnecting, sort of, right, from the day-to-day and really going inward. I mean... Whether I'm swimming or I'm doing collage, my mind is wandering and thinking about a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. Creative things, but also just general ideas. And I think that does nourish you in that way. What about the fact that, you know, Jenny brings up just having something for yourself? Is is that how swimming perhaps makes you feel? Just going out there? Yeah, I mean, it's there is a community. It does give rise to community. There are a group of people. And so part of the pleasure is like, trundling out to the lake in my big thick coat and seeing others who have made that decision as well mm-hmm. and we kind so of you're che- making friendships yeah yeah and cheer each other on and help each other out um but it's also that experience is unique you know when you're in the water you're by yourself and it definitely is it puts me in a meditative state i mean i have to be aware of what's going on right because right. i don't want to stay in too long but it definitely gives me that kind of mind refresh yeah and calm yeah sense of calm for Mm -hmm. sure i want to read you folks a few comments that we got from our newsletter readers so paul paul says uh he's hoping for snow he says he likes to walk briskly through a forest preserve after a big snowfall it's quote a bonus if the sun is making the flakes and ice sparkle so did y'all hear that we're getting some big snow next week and I heard wet snow, too, just in time for the kids to go back to school. So all I heard, you know how you funnel things through your own personal landscape? All I heard is drop-off is going to be quite the adventure next right, week. Right. Well, all I heard is, I'm like, is, is it going to be too cold that they're going to, you know, have cancel classes, send them home? Right. Or does Chicago not do that? I don't think. No, we're No tough. cold is too cold here. <laughs> we're pretty tough. Those, yeah. were, those were my Washington mm-hmm. days where, I mean, literally any degree, they're like, oh, or one drop of snow. Oh. No school. Close everything down. Close everything down. Um, Antonio wrote to us. He says he recommends books and binging documentaries. Mm. I'm with you on that, Antonio. Um, And here's a quote from Bindi Bitterman, who's 93. 
Mindy says, I write limericks. Good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Bindi. (laughs) Cheers to Bindi. I love it. Bindi is bragging, showing her work all at one time. I love that. You can get aggressive about anything. Yeah. Puzzles, limericks, swimming. (laughs) Go for it. I love it. Uh, So, Allison, for folks who are looking to kick off the year by getting out of their comfort zone, what do you recommend? (laughs) Well, um, I recommend getting outdoors. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the snow as well. I mean, we have not. Do you just start with a walk, maybe? A walk. Go walk. Go walk in your neighborhood. Um, If you have some sort of park near you, I mean, the park is beautiful in the winter as well. If you're near the lake or you can get to the lake easily. Go walk by the water, you know? It's so gorgeous, and it's constantly, every day is new on the lakefront. That's part of what draws me there as well. Yeah. And, and when you're not cold swimming or uh, camouflaging, what, what else are you doing? <laughs> cooking, a lot of cooking, a lot of reading, collage, mm-hmm. like I said, working. I mean, you know, it's hibernation is great for working on a lot of different projects. I like the idea of hibernating in winter a little bit. I mean, we all have to work and do our day to day, but Mm -hmm. if you can carve out that space just to enjoy something different, it's a great speaking of projects. Do you all start the year with um, vision board projects? So I've been watching all the girls, that's G-W-O-R-L-S, the (laughs) girls on TikTok, and they are telling me to move my digital my vision board to digital mm. and you make uh, it really personal. And so I've been working on that and then they do it by quarters, not the whole year, which for someone like me makes it a lot more approachable. So I'm working on my January, February, March kind of vision board and they set it as the back screen of their laptops and their phones. So you're looking at it all the time. It's a really cool concept to the point. And this is how young people can drive a change in a huge company. Pinterest has now introduced a new feature called collage. And you can search things and Ooh, put your Allison. put the collage right together digitally. You don't even have to move it around to different things. And then you can create that to be your own personal vision board. Okay, well, I'll, I'll jump on board. That sounds good. Why not? Mm-hmm. On board. <laughs> on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been talking with parenting blogger Jenny LaFleur and freelance journalist Allison Cuddy about how to build hobbies this winter. Maybe you think of a hobby as something that you do alone, but it is also a great way to find some community this season. So just to head on reset, we're going to continue our conversation about hobbies that you can get into this time of year. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Sasha. Winter is an easy time to curl up and hibernate. And sometimes that can feel like hitting the pause button on fun until the weather warms up again. But wintertime hobbies, especially ones that involve groups, they are a great way to push us out of the house to connect with friends and community. It's kind of double the bang for your buck. You do something fun for the sake of it and you make friends. So let's talk about it. Blogger Jenny LaFleur and freelance journalist, cultural producer, Allison Cuddy. They're still with us here in studio. And joining us now is Breezy Fasano. She is the co-founder of Chicago Craft Club. Welcome, Breezy. Hello. So great to be here. So good to see you. You've helped create your own community, essentially, right? With the Craft Club. So tell us the story of how you started everything. Yeah. um, I have to pretty much hand it to my excellent co-founder, Leah Smith. Um, I just had moved to Chicago uh, after like a really bad breakup. I had no friends here. Everyone moved away for the pandemic. I was scrolling on my couch, TikTok, as one does, uh, in the dark, 
and I come across this video and it is of this very cool girl and very cool makeup. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be like her. <laughs> and she's just saying in the camera, hey, like, wouldn't it be so cool if girls in Chicago, anyone in Chicago that likes crafting, um, what if we started a craft club? And there were 700 comments on that video. I commented thinking this person is very cool and is not going to notice me. Um, she actually messaged me and it turns out we lived five minutes from each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, and it wasn't even like hashtag Wicker Park. It was hashtag Chicago. So she's like, wow, fate. So from TikTok to yeah, IRL. IRL, we brought it on offline. Um, yeah, and uh, we met up, hit it off. And I was like, hey, well, I have this background in like marketing and web development and I'd really love to get involved. I'm looking for something to get involved in and I love crafting and she's like, let's do it. So it was just fast from there. Um, turns out there's a ton of people thirsting for community mm -hmm. that love to craft yeah. and it's just been an amazing ride. You know, this kind of reminds me, first of all, that's a fabulous story and only happens in the movies. Really. Yeah, it really, it really does. Uh, but it, it reminds me of a modern version of a knitting circle. Absolutely. When I think of the Chicago Craft Club, what do you think about the ways that hobbies can persist across generations? And I'm opening this up to, to the floor here. What do you think, Jenny? This is recently my girlfriends and I have started a cookbook club, which is, sounds very old school. So it does give you that same, you think of like women living on the same block this time. We're in the same community. And it is really going back to those old school values of through that is a lot of storytelling. Why did you choose this cookbook? What does it represent? Why did you make any changes to mm -hmm. this recipe? And we're learning so much about each other through this one, just four of us just round the table. And we see each other through different avenues of life, soccer, drop off, things of that nature. But having this shared community, shared cooking experience together, it feels something that is very new to us, mm -hmm. but it's been going around since women have been gathering around a fire yeah, since the, since the so days true. of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I picked up cross stitch when I was, you know, in middle school mm. and found out later that like my grandmother used to mm -hmm. do it. And so that helped me feel connected to her. She passed away when I was 15. And so that was sort of that fresh time where I really wanted connection, yeah. right? With, with, mm -hmm. with grandma. Anything that you are interested in or hobbies that you currently take part in, Allison, that you know stem from the generations right. before you well swimming part of the beauty of swimming and what draws me is that it is a it's a multi-generational group right and mm -hmm. there are people in their 90s who continue to swim in the lake there are newbies i mean maybe more those two ends of the spectrum in the warmer months mm -hmm. but even even in the winter there's a range of ages and so those activities that draws together across generations in the winter otherwise are really compelling to me. We were talking about games before and those games that everyone in the family can play are really fun too. Yeah. What do you think, Breezy, of technology's role of keeping us scrolling or in, in your case, being able to connect us to people who enjoy the things that we enjoy? Yeah, I definitely think that it is really hard to break out of that habit of scrolling, scrolling, scrolling for hours. but. The whole like mindset is really intriguing of like online to get offline mm -hmm. has been super powerful, especially in just craft club and the craft scene in general. Um, I actually think that crafting is more accessible now than it has ever been. Mm. What do you say that? Of the depth of free knowledge that there is to learn. Um, a lot of people are taught crafts uh, like crocheting and knitting through their grandparents. I was never taught that, but it was something that I really, really wanted to get into. I always thought it was very interesting. 
Um, I crochet, knit, and sew, and everything I know has been from YouTube. Mm. Um, YouTube yeah. University. A hundred percent. That'll do it. <laughs> I am, I'm extremely passionate for a lot of reasons about self-teaching, and it is as accessible now more than ever, and I love hearing stories of people saying to me, oh, I learned during the pandemic, and I was alone in my house, and it was just something that kept me grounded, and now it's like consumed every thought of making in my brain and I, I just I don't know how to connect with other people it's like well hey like I feel like that mm. I know a lot of other amazing people that feel like that let's all come together and it's, it's yeah excellent is any of this relatable Allison oh definitely I mean I think that's how it all starts right and and it is that kind of mix of social media and IRL I, I think I've learned about other communities who swim in the winter in Chicago through Instagram or TikTok, and so that it is a tool for finding people. But I think it's when you gather together and you share that experience that the magic really happens. Yeah. Is there a time that a hobby brought a friend to your life, Jenny? I think that I've grown closer to women that I had a very casual relationship uh. through hobbies, through book clubs, through cooking club through these events because you kind of, you know, they say busy hands, like mm -hmm. busy hands open your mind. And so mm -hmm. when you're doing those, those stories can naturally come out. And so if you're crocheting and you're like, I taught myself and I, but if my grandmother taught me and then you tell me why that disconnect, why your grandmother didn't teach you, why you hope to pass this on to younger people in your life, it can really take down a guard. And there are things that people that I have had hobbies with and been in that space, they might know more things that some of your closest friends, they might get more stories out of you just because you're in that shared space and experience. Mm -hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking all things winter hobbies from lake swimming in January to knitting. And our guests are Jenny LaFleur, who's creator of the Chicago parenting blog, Mama Fresh, Allison Cuddy, who's a freelance journalist and cultural producer, and Breezy Fasano, who's co-founder of Chicago Craft Club. So I'm also thinking about the need for third spaces mm. so that we can meet up with people mm -hmm. to do our hobbies. I mean, how does how do you work through that, Breezy? Oh, absolutely. Um, we are all huge proponents of the third space. It's really hard to find spaces nowadays where you don't have to spend money in order to have fun and feel fulfilled and have connection. And also, um, there's definitely something to be said about a sober space, too, um, just with no pressure of alcohol, whether you're sober or you're just not feeling alcohol that day. Um, that is why, like, all of our meetups are 100% free. We are huge, huge, huge proponents on a free meetup. We are so grateful to all the amazing businesses that offer their space for free and, most importantly, to the Chicago Public Library. Mm. Shouts out to CPL. Um, it's so important to have a free Chicago Public space. Library is just the gift that keeps on giving. I will say There's it so every much day that can be done. Until I die. If you are looking for a affordable, aka free meeting space, mm -hmm. go to your local branch, support them. They would love to have you. I love it. As you're doing dry January, mm -hmm. Jenny, where are you hanging out? So that's what I love. As soon as you tell people that you, you know, 
you know that one friend who becomes vegan and that's her whole personality? <laughs> that is oh my very, gosh. That, this is very much where I am right now. I know that someone came to everyone's mind yes, immediately. This there's is, that one friend. Yes, and so now these um, this information has been just attracted to me. So people, I am learning about all of these new spaces. People are so eager to share what they're doing at, at the, their home, what they're doing to kind of switch that switch the switch off from like their daytime to their nighttime routine, whether it's their favorite tea or whether it's a, a mocktail or whatever it is, but they are so eager to share that information mm -hmm. and I am loving it. So what's the craft cubby, Breezy? Oh, the craft cubby, my favorite topic. Um, <laughs> so part of our like mission is accessibility and um, Second Shift Coworking in Logan Square has been very generous and donated some space to us. Um, essentially, we just kept hearing whispers in our group of people trying to get rid of things that they had had and accumulated. We have a phrase of like hobby collecting, where you start something, you learn everything there is to learn about it, you buy everything, and then you're just like, okay, wait, I actually don't like this. I don't like this. Um, <laughs> instead oh, of just yeah. having that stuff rot in your closet, um, you want everyone wants to donate things and. There's definitely like this sense of need in different communities of like, okay, I can't, if I want to try something, I can't go spend a bunch of money. So we started noticing these patterns and we're like, well, hey, what if we just bought a shelf and said, hey, you know, this co-working space is open from nine to five every day. If you have things you want to drop off, come drop them off. If you want to pick up something new, come check out what we got. And it's been really amazing nice. just how many people have loved it. So completely free, completely available. Mm, I love that. Any other ideas for how to make hobbies accessible, Allison or Jenny? I mean, I would give a shout out in terms of third spaces to the park district as well. I mean, that's where I'm going to learn or improve my skating skills so I don't fall. To the yes. Are you going to the Plasans? Yes. yes, you'll see, yes. You'll see, if you see a bunch of school age kids and moms, that's me and my crew. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, but, you know, they have these field houses like the library that are spaces where you can go and do things or there's activities going on. Um, I'd love to see winter swimming integrated into those spaces. So and find that different ways lovely. to make it more accessible. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, find, yeah, find your friends, right? Find the people who are doing these things and connect with them and that's the road. But I, I love what you're doing with the exchange because um, it's so important to, um, you know, take on an activity that is not going to contribute to more trash or things, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yes. And as we, we talked about the libraries there, Allison, I mean, you have a background working with libraries. We, we did a podcast this past summer ex celebrating the 150th anniversary of the Chicago Public Library. Um, and what a fabulous history. The story of how we got a library is fascinating. Mm -hmm. The amount of community activity and creation that goes on in libraries. It's another multi-generational space. So absolutely huge shout out to Chicago Public Library. I'm a huge fan and feel in my own mind as like I'm an honorary librarian, oh, yeah. <laughs> even if I don't have a degree. Well, when we put a call out for this topic, we heard from some folks who organize a silent book club. That's probably a new idea for, for a lot of people. <laughs> Here's uh, Julie Snyder, who's one of the organizers, explaining what that means. In a more traditional book club, members are all supposed to read the same book at the same time and come prepared to discuss it. In reality, not everyone reads the book. Not everyone even likes the book, and discussion is awkward at best. In a silent book club, you read whatever you want, 
and do that near other people who are also reading whatever they want. Silent is a bit of a misnomer because people do talk about what they're reading, but they do it because they want to tell you how great or terrible their book is. <laughs> we also heard from Allison Walcott, who described the atmosphere of this silent book club. It's cozy <laughs> and it's validating uh, of your choice to spend an hour reading when you could be doing something, quote unquote, productive. In the winter, it's also a, um, a low stakes way to get out of the house if you have cabin fever, which is common in Chicago, but you're, you're going out to do something that requires very little effort. It's not like you're going to the gym or whatever. You're, you're just going to be somewhere else and relax. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you were all chuckling at this silent book club. Is that something you would try? It's something I would definitely try. I'm very in the market for events that charge my social battery instead of draining it. Mm. Yeah. So being in a room and where I can don't feel the pressure to make small talk or get around to what everyone does and those inevitable first meeting conversation. Yeah. And when she said low pressure, low stakes, I'm like, Sign I was in. Me up. I was in. <laughs> I was instantly in. <laughs> I was in at that point. What are you thinking, Breezy? Silent book club for you? I have done a silent book club in the past. Ooh, and of I course loved you have. It. Yeah, yes, I loved I, it. Um, yeah. It really uh, touches like something I'm super passionate about, which is like the idea of like useful solitude. Um, I think that why crafting is my favorite way to meet people is you kind of think, okay, how do I meet someone knitting in my house? How do I meet someone reading in my house? It's like you take those things that precious solitude that you enjoy in a time that's traditionally considered like dead and cold mm -hmm. and lonely and you take that into a third space mm -hmm. and you sit and meet people that are probably pretty similar to you if you're interested in the same things and it's it's different than other meetups because it's like when you go to like oh the 30s single meetup or the girls meetup it's it's like the pressure's on talking the pressure is on connecting yeah you can't make connection that commodity. You can sit in silence here and just yeah. know that you're you're still with community. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like having that useful solitude to lean back on. It becomes something that's maybe like not shameful. Like solitude is sometimes associated with shame, and yeah. it becomes like useful because it's like okay, there's a natural lull in the conversation. It's a little awkward instead of just like oh, I'm forced to now be yeah. more interesting. It's like, oh, you can just retreat to your craft or your book. Well, there's a range of things we can do, folks, in the winter. I, my eyes are now opened. Excellent. I Welcome. appreciate you all. We've been speaking with Chicago Crafting Club co-founder Breezy Fasano and Jenny LaFleur from the Parenting Blog, Mama Fresh, and cultural producer Allison Cuddy. When are you swimming again? What's your next swim? I swim this morning. I'll probably swim tomorrow morning. You. <laughs> <laughs> Come join us. Thanks, Sasha. all. <laughs>